Hello there and welcome to the podcast. It's John Markar here and I thought I'd just jump in with a very quick but very important message that I wanted to share with you before you delve into this episode of the Driven Chat podcast. This podcast, the Driven Chat podcast, has now come to an end. But don't worry, I'm not going to stop you from listening to this episode or from catching up with the 185 episodes that we've recorded in this format. I just wanted to let you know that if you're looking for our new episodes recorded after December 2023, then you'll need to seek out our new podcast, The Driven Podcast. You can find The Driven Podcast in all the usual podcast platforms, including, chances are, the one that you're listening to this one on right now. So please do enjoy this episode, share it with a friend by all means. But when it's done, don't forget to search for the new podcast, The Driven Podcast, and subscribe to the new format to hear the new stuff. To make life easy, head on over to the Driven website via driven.site. There you will find links through to the new podcast, including links to your preferred podcast platform. And hey, whilst you're there, why not check out everything else we do, including hand-picked automotive news stories, car and bike reviews, video features, and even more. For now, though, I'll let you enjoy this episode. And I will remind you again at the end of the episode, but for the future reference, this message is approximately 1 minute and 30 seconds long. That's six clicks on the 15-second skip button. Enjoy. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The Driven Chat Podcast in association with Paramex Digital. You dream it, we bring it to life. Find out more at drivenchat.com. Hello and welcome to the Driven Chat Podcast. My name is John Marker. Sat opposite me is a Rachel Downey. Hello, Rachel Downey. Hello, John Marker. How are you? <laughs> I'm good, actually. Pretty good. How are you? Yeah, I am well. I am very well. We are currently sat, Rachel and I, in a room surrounded by samples of leather, some paint sampled sculptures. We've got some steering wheels we can see. And that is because we have been invited to come along and explore and wander around the wonderful company that is Arconic, the company that make really incredible bespoke Land Rover Defenders. And, um, well, it's all one man's fault that we're here, yeah. I think it's fair to say. And fortunately, for this little introduction of this week's podcast, we are joined by him, and it's Del Gregory. Hello, Del. Hello, John. How are you? <laughs> Hello, Rachel. Hello, Del. <laughs> this is becoming... <laughs> It's yes. becoming a popular thing now. Yes, it, it really is. I like you guys being down here. Well, it's Can we make this I a like regular it. thing? Yeah, that. definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. Can we do like an iconic version of your show? Yes, yeah, do it. I feel like that's almost <laughs> what this is. <laughs> <laughs> totally is. Yeah, we could do the lunch at the pub where we've been. That's a then, given. Yeah, I'm good, I'm in. Yeah. I don't even need to sign the contract, I'm there. <laughs> good. So we sat down with you, Del, at Sleeping With Art only few weeks ago from when we were recording this um, and of course we talked about B500 magazine which is your magazine and your involvement with Arconic and then we kind of once the recording had stopped we then carried on conversations and of course massive thanks to our producer Amber who's sat over in the corner there 
um, conversations flowed, uh, which resulted in us coming down to have a look at this wonderful facility here today. So thank you very much for organising this. Um, you've also kindly organised two amazing people for us to talk to. Um, the first is the big boss, the MD, which is Tom. So we're going to be talking to Tom very shortly, Tom Parry, who's the managing director. And then after that, we're going to be talking to Craig Venn, who is the production manager. So, of course, one of the kind of the brains behind the the technical build. What I particularly love about Craig is the fact that he basically came here to work here for two weeks as a bit of work experience, and that was 19 years ago, and he's still here, or 14 years ago. Sorry. There's the danger. Yeah. There's the danger. Yeah. yeah, he came as a 19-year-old 14 years ago for That's a two-week right. yep. work, yep. work experience placement, and he's still here. You never leave. Good work. No, you see, if I worked that out, I'd probably be here still at 98 then. <laughs> <laughs> well, it could happen. It could happen. Easily Absolutely. Could happen. It could happen. Absolutely. There are people in here that hope it doesn't. <laughs> Um, well, you've all been very kind because you have. You've given us a wonderful tour of mm. this lovely factory. You've taken us out for a lovely lunch. That was particularly delicious. Yeah. Um, and we've since then sat down and recorded some conversations. And you, dear listener, get to hear those very shortly. And then what we'll do after those conversations, we'll come back and say hello again to say goodbye. This is the Driven Chat Podcast, a special episode from Arconic, based here in the lovely, beautiful, hilly, green Somerset. Um, you'll now hear us talking to Tom Parry, and then we're going to dive in with Craig Venn, and then we'll be back at the end of this conversation to say a little goodbye. Simple as that. Let's all sit comfortably and enjoy this. The Driven Chat Podcast in association with Paramex Digital. Tom, welcome to the Driven Chat Podcast. Thank you for having me, and thank you for travelling to come and see us today. Well, wow. it's an absolute pleasure. So we also should uh, give a little nod of, of thanks and acknowledgement to Del Gregory, who mm-hmm. is stood in the room. He's not on mic with us, but he's stood <laughs> in the room, as is a, a very small, unexpected audience. Hello, audience. It's very nice <laughs> to have you here with God, us. I like the fact we've got an audience. I know, I know. Yeah. It's, it's strange, isn't it? Um, but Del, we met through uh, two events, Sleeping With Art, both last year and this year, 2021 and 2022. Um, Del explained his relationship with Arconic, and the more we've looked into it, the more we thought, no, do you know what, we need to come down and have a look at this place. Mm-hmm. And, and here we are. So thank you for being so welcoming. We've had the most amazing morning where we've walked around the factory. We've seen everything from defenders that have been rolled in to be dismantled and dismembered and mm-hmm. put into organised piles of bits. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've seen chassis in all states of disarray, some rusty to the point of then definitely not going to be used and some that are about to be off and get painted. And we've seen cars in the creation of builds getting painted and interiors getting fitted and just about everything. And it's uh, it's quite the outfit you've got here, Tom, isn't it? It certainly is. What's yeah. been the favourite part for you so far? Well, um, good, very good question. I, I'm a bit of a paint shop nerd. I okay. like I like mm-hmm. a good paint shop. I like mm-hmm. to. I'm one of these people that looks at paint on cars. Um, very, very sad, really, isn't it? But I do. I, I, I can always tell where cars have been repainted and if they've been painted badly. So when I walk into a paint shop that looks especially well organised, I get very excited. And both in your <laughs> prep room and your paint room, which is probably the two rooms that most people would go, okay, they paint them in there, that's cool. And I'm yeah, in there move going, it, move it. Oh, look at the grade of paper they're using <laughs> to sand those down. Oh, that's an interesting choice of polish there. Yeah, so that has been great. And there's a lot of what I would describe as a swampy colour palette going around. I don't know if this is a common theme when it comes to people that spec your defenders, but there's a lot of swampy greens and swampy browns which really get 
me going i absolutely love this sort of colors <laughs> so yeah we walked into the paint shop just as a swampy green there's probably a better name for it than swampy green but a swampy but green we all know color. what you mean yeah exactly we're all there exactly. with you i mean yeah. you could also define them as land rover colors yes there is the <laughs> okay, color. Yeah. swampy land rover yeah. colors yeah yeah so it's quite interesting certainly kind of year on year i think there's trends with colors with our vehicles mm. so you know there's been years where it's been black gray black gray 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 black yeah. But certainly over the last couple of years, and perhaps more so with the cessation of Defender mm. in its original form, we've seen a comeback with a lot more heritage colours. Brilliant. Ah. Or swampy greens. Swampy or greens. Or swampy greens. I think we need to I need to patent that name or trademark it or something. Swampy. The swampy I don't palette. think you need to patent it. I, <laughs> think, uh, I think you're all right there, John. Yeah. You're no, good, good to go. Point. I think the closest name that's a legitimate name is fungus green. Oh, there you really? go. See? Yeah, there is really a fungus green. Fungus green. I believe you as well, Tom. Mm. I totally do. I'd hope so. Yeah. <laughs> um, for people listening and wanting to know about Arconic, tell us, what is the brand Ar- Arconic? Sure. Um, so Arconic, in its base form, we take Defenders, old ones, typically 25 years or older, and we take it down to the bare frame. Um, we shot that frame, shot blast that frame back to bare metal, um, etch prime and raptico externally and fully rebuild them from the ground up it's you know a rejuvenation program of these old vehicles um, and you know a lot of what we do is with the heritage at heart mm. um, but then a lot of what we do is kind of taking the last 15 years kind of understanding how we can improve upon the vehicle make it better make it last longer make it faster make it handle better um, and give them a level of personalization that's not typically available with an OEM. Mm. You know, really understand what our customers want and bespoke it to their preferences. And I think that's that's kind of the key points put across, isn't it? That mm. every single one of your cars that's going through the production here has been customized in their entirety by Absolutely. the customer. Nothing here is built to then go into a showroom and get sold. Like everything here... Every single car we've seen today has been picked and chosen and specced individually by somebody somewhere around the world. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Currently, you know, 98% of them go to the USA. Interesting. Um, yeah. So, I mean, we've delivered over 450 vehicles all over North America now in oh, the past yeah. 10 years. And the, the, the guys that want, guys and girls that want the cars from America... Mm-hmm. Their requests, their their designs, is it slightly different to what, say, the small percentage of us over here want? That's a really good question. Um, I wouldn't say so. Okay. I'd say that our most wildest specifications have certainly ended up going to the USA. Um, what would you class as wild? Wild. <laughs> Um, we've had Mexican blanket interiors. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. We have. That was quite interesting. <laughs> cool. That was done in a baby blue. In fact, that that particular gentleman based in New York, so we delivered that vehicle about four years ago with the original Buick V8, Um, and he's enjoyed it as such for that period of time. But it's now got to a point where he reached out not so long ago and just said, I've seen what you've been doing with these 430-horsepower LS3s. I'm quite interested in doing that. So we've just taken delivery of of that vehicle um, at our facility in Charleston, and we're going to be upgrading it to an LS3 engine an automatic transmission so that should be fun (laughs) (laughs) so what's been interesting for me walking around this morning and the the one side of the business that I didn't realize was quite so prominent is that 
heritage, that word heritage that you've used there. And for me, I think I automatically assume that if you're going to have a custom-built car of any iteration, be that anything from an old AC Cobra to a Defender, mm-hmm. you're going to want to have some huge rock and roll engine in there. And I have seen, admittedly, there's a lot of there's a few rolling around with LS3 V8s. Um, but I was really surprised to see that a lot of the cars are being specced with essentially the engines that they would have came out with, albeit completely rebuilt and refurbed. But yeah, TD300 engines, for example, which I just think, yeah, people want those now. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So um, the bias has definitely shifted over the years to, to LS3. Um, however, kind of when we started the restoration process and started delivering our vehicles to the USA, kind of one of our pillars, one of the things that defined us was that we would do things in a heritage way. So we would only use heritage engines. Um, and that was the case for a number of years. Um, and you know, still to this point, I'd say that around 20% of our customers do go with heritage. So 300 TDI, 200 TDI, diesel options, or the Buick V8 that they did from 83 through to 97. Um, but you know, as the years go on, I'd say that that's, that's probably 20% of the customers go with Heritage, 80% LS3 mm. now. Mm. Um, we kind of got our, our hand forced, I guess, kind of three, four years ago where people would constantly go, can I have an automatic transmission? Mm. Can I have a bit more than 140 horsepower? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we kind of decided to put our flag in the sand and <clears throat> start offering that option. Awesome. Now, you mentioned that you've got a lot of cars or the majority of the cars are going over to the US and I've noticed whilst walking around the factory today there's a lot of left-hand drive cars Mm -hmm. is this do you think just because the Defender is now certainly in the past five or ten years it's suddenly become the car to import isn't it the 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 Americans didn't get it like Mm. we did no here so it's it's still quite a quirky and unusual thing over there do you think that is the prominent reason or is, is there more to it um well, I think that the US had a taste of Defender in the mid-90s. Mm. So they had a few years where a limited amount of Defenders went over there. And I think that that was enough to create a buzz around these funny old vehicles. You know, there's nothing quite like them, mm. um, apart from the elbow space. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're a really fun and quirky thing to drive. I mm. think they're very much Marmite. You either love or hate them. Yeah, um, But... In terms of the look of the vehicle, they're so iconic. Yeah. And I think that those few short years was enough to create a buzz and interest around that vehicle. Mm. Um, and, you know, from 1983, fast forward 25 years, where does that get you? The uh, ability to import them. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was around that time where we started to see inquiry from there at you know, a, a moderate pace. Yeah. Um, we, at that time, we were doing predominantly a lot of um, used Defender sales to the UK market. Mm-hmm. And at the height of trading, we were selling upwards of 50 vehicles a month. So it was quite a big business. Yeah. Um, but gradually, as we started to receive more inquiry from the US, we decided to sell up our UK stock and just focus on the restoration of those mm-hmm. 25-year-old donor vehicles. Yeah. And that started off with old, even older than the 300 TDIs, the 19J <laughs> two-and-a-half turbo diesels, the first turbo that they did in the Defender. Yeah. Um, good for about 50 miles an hour. <laughs> <laughs> Down a hill with the wind behind you and then the V8. So it's been nice to see kind of over the years being able to offer what we would refer to as very old heritage engines yeah. but you know yeah. it's it 
it's nice to see that gradual growth that Land Rover would have experienced in terms of those more powerful engines yeah. coming into play for that, that market. And the other thing, I, the other question I have about that US market is, I mean, we joked earlier before we started recording as we were walking around the factory, and I explained that, you know, I, I have a real admiration for Defenders, but for me, when I sit in them and close the door, I feel a little bit restricted. Mm-hmm. I'm quite a, a wide person, so that I really have to have the window down in order to drive along so I can hang my arm out. Now, without wanting to throw too many stereotypes into... Uh, the, the international realm, knowing that we do have an awful lot of many hundreds of thousands of American listeners. Um, a lot of Americans are a, a, a little bigger than uh, the average <laughs> What are you saying, Brit. John? <laughs> uh, uh, bigger in character right. and yeah. um, uh, fortune. Of course. How has the reaction been? Because, again, you know, I think back to the fact that Defenders aren't a common car in no. the US, and I guess and, and assume that a lot of your um, US clientele might look at them and go, oh, they look amazing. I definitely want to have one. And then they sit in one for the first time and go, oh, it's a lot smaller than I Mm -hmm. thought it was going to be. Have you found that? Uh, We we certainly have. And, you know, um, started off with problems because, you know, you get people that, you know, six foot seven, Mm -hmm. um, they go, I want one of these vehicles. I've never sat in them before. Um, And there was a time where, again, where we were trying to focus on heritage that we didn't really do much to change them. You'd have a big 16-inch steering wheel. You wouldn't have anything to adjust the seat. But, you know, as the years have kind of come on and we've identified that there are things that you can do to accommodate larger people, <laughs> taller people, longer people. Um, well done. You know, there's, uh, we can sculpt the vehicle to their stature. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you can do a, mm-hmm. an adjustable size steering wheel. You can make sure that you select the right front seat so that um, there's not too much padding but still comfortable so Mm. that you've got additional space backwards. Um, You can install seat risers that give you the ability to take the the seat kind of a further two inches backwards. Um, A 90 is, you know, is not the best vehicle for a very, very tall person. But we have had customers with... One of our Defender 110s that are six, seven, six, eight, oh, wow. and uh, are driving it very comfortably. Amazing. Mm. Do you find it helps? Like you talk a lot about the heritage. Um, do you find it helps getting people coming actually here to the factory to really get a sense of what it's all about? And you know where we are right now. It's in a beautiful part of the countryside, and and also you really understand the the history mm-hmm. of of not only Arconic but of the Defender and you, you it just makes sense once you're here so do you encourage people to come to the factory absolutely oh. um it you know it doesn't happen all that often anymore which is such a shame uh, i think particularly with covid I say, yeah, and COVID. and travel restrictions um people didn't have the ability to do that mm. um which is why we've made such a, a focus on good quality videos so people mm. can get to understand the team of people here, the yeah. premises here, and, and the product that we're producing. But we do try and encourage as many people mm. as we can to come and visit with us. Um, that was another kind of rationale behind wanting to set up a secondary facility in Charleston mm-hmm. so that people in the USA, our kind of core um, area of where our product goes to, if they want to, they don't have to cross the Atlantic to come yeah. and kind of touch yeah. and feel and experience mm. one of our vehicles, but they can come and see us there as well. Mm. And what if, you know, someone like myself wants to to go all out and have the most bespoke, wonderful car, but mm-hmm. I have no idea what I want. Do you guys kind of recommend, do you guys guide 
someone like me through that step by step. And also on the flip side, I could come up with some crazy ideas, <laughs> which no one is surprised by. Would you do you try to rein maybe some people in a little bit? Mexican blanket. For instance. <laughs> I love the idea of a Mexican blanket. I mean, blanket. it's a genius. Yeah. Um, so um, we're privileged to um, have a two-year forward order book. Wow. Um, the production process itself takes around five months. Mm -hmm. okay. So that gives us a wonderful opportunity once the customers secured a, 20, uh, a deposit with us, mm. um, a slot in our bill program, to go through a consultation process. So we literally spend six months going through with our customers their preferences, how they're planning on using the vehicle, um, and guide them through that whole process so they can adjust their specification from bumper to bumper. Um, we have had a few wild cards that <laughs> we have had to say, no, we're not doing that. Um, yeah. But you know, for the most part, we do try and explore um, things that we haven't done before and mm. kind of develop those thoughts because I think it's for some people it's a really important part of the process to feel like they've added value or kind of added yeah. this very unique option mm. yeah and where you know where do you see this going so in the next five years ten years do you see even more cars every year being obviously taken and sold and and do you see yourselves expanding to more of the American states? Yep. So um, growth uh, is something that we've continued to achieve year upon year mm. since since the business started. Absolutely. Um, I think that we've got to a point now where we can't really do anything else to improve upon the quality of our vehicles. You know, as we've kind of gone through every year, we've been able to um, get a buzz around our brand. Mm -hmm. Um, start mm. to charge more, then develop more more products quality, and kind of step up to a point now. On average, a vehicle sells for around two hundred and fifty thousand um, dollars, and um, it's built using all of the parts that we wanted to to kind of begin with. Mm. Um, so I think that we've kind of done the quality part, um, and now we can take that and continue to scale the business. Mm. Um, so we will continue to produce more defenders. We currently uh, ship around seven vehicles a month. Wow! Um, so lot. <laughs> we're we're already busy, but you know, with a two-year order book, it's you know, two years is great. Mm -hmm. um, but not everyone wants to wait two years, no. and there's not yeah. the kind of normal mechanics of being able to, you know, buy a vehicle from an OEM, do finance. You know, it, mm -hmm. it you have to have the cash. Yeah. to be able to buy one of our vehicles. So yeah. kind of having mechanisms in place and a, a smaller order book, I think we'll continue to see growth in yeah. in demand and, and output. It's far more bespoke, isn't it? And it's that, it's real personal feeling mm. when when you've got that. And two years, though, waiting for your dream car. <laughs> and I'm so impatient, it changed my mind so much. That would be your issue, I think. Yeah. Is that, yeah. Every week you'd be like, oh, actually. Yeah. I, I don't want it in swampy green at all. I no. want it in, why did I listen to John? I want it in a different He's always colour. ruining my life. Yeah. Yeah. It. So what are the most popular colours? Swampy greens. Literally yeah, swampy no, greens. Um, so right here, right now, it is, there's definitely a comeback with heritage colours. So lots of, lots of greens, Keswick green, mm -hmm. Epsom green, Portofino red, quite a lot of RLS blue. Okay. Um, a proper mixed bag. Mm. And then every once in a while you'll get a, a random 
raptor willow green with different <laughs> different colored tones and and all sorts but you know for the most part heritage colors for now yeah yeah, yeah. so i there was a a brief kind of snippet of a story that i heard earlier which was relates to the the foundation of this company and how it came to come about and it's a bit of an unusual story involving mm-hmm. a motorcycle accident effectively yes and um, why don't you yeah fill us in on that and how did <laughs> a, an unfortunate event on a motorcycle then result in building Land Rover Defenders that are being shipped all over the world yeah good question so uh, Andy Hayes is our founder um, of the business and 15 years ago um, he was involved in a serious motorcycle accident and he was forced to rest up for the first time in a long time. Um, uh, and in that process, his wife decided to buy him a ropey old Land Rover um, <laughs> to, to fix and repair and, and customise. Um, that vehicle was called Ujo. Mm-hmm. Um, and sure enough, he kind of went through the vehicle, um, gave it a polish, changed out wheels and tyres, gave it a good service gave it a good bill of health and went on to, to kind of travel all around Europe and further afield. Mm-hmm. Um, so he did that and, and really enjoyed that process. So decided to buy his own Defender, service it, tidy it up, sell it. And he made a handsome profit. Mm-hmm. And kind of at that point, the, the seed was sown for him. Kind of he wasn't happy in um, previous um, employments. Mm-hmm. Um, so decided to to go out himself, um, secured a space, and started buying kind of anything from three year old Land Rover Defenders to twenty year old Defenders, give them a service, um, adjust them from an accessory perspective, and and sell them and turn turn a profit. Wow! And was there any interest in Defenders before then, or was that just a pure happy coincidence that that was the car she decided to buy? Um, he he's always been an adventurer at heart, uh-huh. um, okay. and Land Defender specifically is is a great mm. great um, gateway into that. Hey, so mm. um, yeah, before then it was uh, I think Defender has always been been a part of his life for sure. Yeah, no, that's that's it makes perfect sense, and yeah, I mean, what a great way to start. I love the idea. Those stories you hear of people that are given the opportunity to just have a go at something and think, ah, maybe I can make a business from this. Yes. Mm. And I know for a fact that we've got yeah. an awful lot of our listeners who have been through or are going through or are potentially considering that big change in life where they think, you know, that thing that I do from nine to five every day doesn't exactly inspire me. It might pay no. the bills, but it doesn't inspire me. And anyone that can take that vision and that idea and push it forward and then transform it into this, this incredible business is... Um, it's really inspirational, isn't it? It's, um, Absolutely. It's and amazing. it's a short space of time, really, if you think about oh, it. Yeah. This isn't something that's been going for years and years and years. Like when, what year was that? 20? So it was 2007. 2007. Wow. That's crazy how fast. Mm. And do you, do you see that for your time since working here? Mm-hmm. So what, what, what actually uh, like brought you to working for Arconic? <laughs> so um, I, I've actually known Andy for, for a number of years since I was... A little kid um, and way back when I was um, living and working in and around Cornwall um, and the business that I was working for at the time came came up for sale and I'd kind of worked to a point whereby I was acting in a managerial position supporting the owner um, and I reached out reached out to Andy um, and said look there's there's this business here um, I'm interested in buying it what do you think and he was like do you know what I think you should pick up sticks and move up here 
um, and come and work with our business. We're just at a point whereby um, we're moving into a kind of restoration business um, with Land Rover Defenders. Come and see what you think. So sure enough, I kind of came up and saw this place um, <laughs> and I was like a kid in a candy store. Know, building custom custom defenders mm. um it, it just immediately felt like a wonderful team mm. a wonderful product and could mm. see the opportunity here so decided to quit my job <laughs> move, from move family and friends wow. and, and come up here and start my journey with with Arconic um, and that was about nine years ago and that almost you know it, it relates to that story of not only you know starting a business like this is a huge step but again attracting people to come in and work for companies like this mm. full time mm. to change not only your job role but also you know location yeah. can you remember what the emotion was did you think from that initial visit actually I'm onto something good here or was there still an element you thought this could this might not work that's a really good question um i i when i first came to visit here um, I was just full of romance for mm. what this business was mm. um, and could just see the opportunity. There was no threat from my perspective. I just, I knew that this was a space that I wanted to further develop myself mm. and, and be part of this business and its growth for sure. Cool. Yeah. I think that's quite lovely saying that it's that romance of it because you do get that, that feel when you get here that it's going to sound a bit nappy, it's like a big family. Mm. And it's a really lovely atmosphere. I don't know what I was expecting, mm. but yeah, everyone gets on and you see the real love for what you're doing. And with the cars, you feel like each individual car being designed, being made, being created, everyone working on that is loving what they're doing in that process. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, it's something that from my perspective um, is we've, we've tried to kind of retain that as we've grown. Mm. You know, when we were a team of 20 people, it literally did feel like a small family. <laughs> you'd kind of sit out in the car park, you'd share lunch together, everyone, office staff and, and production staff alike. And kind of as we continue to grow, you know, we've still tried to retain as much of that as we can because I think it's really important. Mm. It's important that the guys and girls are involved and invested in each other um, so that we can continue to, to build the best product. I think it's a huge part of it. Yeah, yeah. Whilst we've been exploring this morning, what I what I found particularly impressive is the scale of the site and the fact mm. that you've got different sections of the build process from all the way from stripping down cars that have come in that might be able to be donor chassis or have mm -hmm. donor parts or panels all the way through to um, where the cars are, are wired with brand new wiring looms, which mm -hmm. I thought was really impressive to see that rather than you know, nothing really recycled from that side because, of course, Let's be honest, Land Rover and the, the terms Land Rover and electrical don't often have the best relationships. So the fact that you're rewiring cars from, from scratch is a, is a hugely attractive proposition, I think, for anyone buying. But not only that, you've got the paint shop, you've got an engine shop, you've got a, a, an entire warehouse for fit, fit and finish to make sure everything looks mm -hmm. perfect, all in different spots. It's a, it's a huge site, isn't it? You basically have ownership of an entire industrial estate. We, we do. Um... And from my perspective, certainly, again, when we first started out here, we only had one unit and we had to consolidate a lot of what we were doing in one space. Mm. And we had to trust and rely upon a lot of third parties to do different parts of our process, um, from engine rebuilders to um, trimmers to all sorts. 
Um, and again, as the years have gone on um, and we've been able to command a, a higher price point for our vehicles, we've been able to bring as much as we can in-house so that we can control the quality and make sure that it is to the best standard, mm. um, which is why you've got all of these different kind mm. of shops, you know, an engine department with a yeah. team there, you know, bringing it all in-house so that we can, can control the quality and make it as good as it can be. Fantastic. It's like being at Universal Studios for, oh. for, for Defenders. <laughs> like in each different room there's something else completely different happening mm. and you can just walk freely through everything it's brilliant if you were asked to relocate again if they were <laughs> gonna I don't know open another iconic somewhere in the world would you jump at it? <sighs> it's a good question <laughs> I think for what we're doing right now um, again kind of going back to romance I think there's yeah. there's, a, there's a charm and a romance for um, our US clients and all clients actually kind of our current location mm. we're in a beautiful part mm. of the world we've got a lovely pub down the road with great food it's very lovely um, <laughs> and you know I think that we're in the middle of nowhere and mm. yes that's um, taken its toll in terms of being able to scale up and get the right employment over the years mm -hmm. we have got to the point where we have really great employees we've got a great team here a great product and you know from my perspective i'm i'm quite happy where we are for now yeah yeah that's good mm. <laughs> now there's a couple of things that i wanted to talk about because mainly i know the answer to one of them and it's very exciting and i feel like everyone in the world should know and it's regarding <laughs> the future this is going. yeah exactly yeah um there's something on the horizon well in fact it's far closer than the horizon really isn't it which is beyond the realm of defender and it's a particular car that excites me massively. And Dell kind of let the cat out of the bag a little bit when we met and sat down together at Sleeping With Art a month or so ago. Um, I did not know that, the, uh, that, that this was coming, and it's very exciting. I'll let you do the reveal, but um, <laughs> what is it? that's coming next following the defenders are you sure you don't want to reveal it no 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 you are then so I, excited because I, kind of like I can celebrate it again <laughs> yeah it's true um, so we are building our very first Range Rover Classics <sighs> such wonderful news wonderful I am so genuinely excited <laughs> by John this. is all the listeners John right now is it's, it's like we've said do you know what it's Christmas morning it, yeah it is yeah better no it's <laughs> I think this is really exciting because again I mean I we joked earlier as well again before we started recording about the fact that I've spent a bit of time in Defenders driving around in different areas and I've you know I love them I can't help but love a Defender because of what it is it is a British design classic that goes anywhere has all sorts of different engines and i love the fact that everyone from companies like yours through to individuals have customized them they've made them their own and they've always they've always kind of been a special car in my eyes the sad reality is, for me is that i'm one of these people that doesn't really fit i'm not really that comfortable in them but then i look at everything that you guys do here and i think oh my god the build quality is so good the interiors look so fantastic the paintwork is just meticulous brilliant and then I discover you're going to make a Range Rover Classic. I fitted a Range Rover Classic, and <laughs> well, they look go. amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so how did that come about? Was that something that's always been in the pipeline, or has it been a? Is there another story to it? Uh, no, there's definitely a, another story to it. So um, we have a lovely gentleman who has been part of our kind of build process for the last eighteen months. He'd originally deposited on a Defender with us. Um, had never sat in one before, had never driven one before. Um, he is a tall chap, and he's kind of six, seven, six, eight, and 
he works out. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we kind of got to the point where we'd locked down his specification for his Defender and we were about to enter it into production. Um, at which point I received a phone call from him saying, Tom, I've actually sat in a Defender for a first time. I don't fit in it ah. at all. Oh. I was like, okay, well, um, that's a problem. Um, <laughs> yeah. and let's explore some options together. So one option was um, that we could build his vehicle and, and sell it on his behalf. Um, but obviously that's not something that he wanted to mm. do. Um, and then I just kind of said it in jest at the time. How about a Range Rover Classic? And he just immediately <gasps> grabbed at that idea. He was like, yes, can you do it? I was like... Let me get back to you. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. So um, got together with our production guys and the directorship team and just said, look, um, this gentleman wants a Range Rover Classic from us. He is completely sold on Arconic quality, what Arconic stands for, um, and is prepared to be the guinea pig for this project if we're prepared to take it on. Wow. Um, so we started exploring relevant donor vehicles and kind of what we could do. And we were like, right, okay, yes, we'll give it a go. We'll do it. Mm. Um, so agreed to do that with him. Um, and then two weeks later, get a call from him saying, I've spoken to one of my friends. Um, they absolutely love the idea of Arconic doing a Range Rover yeah. Classic. Can they have one too? Oh, wow. So we're in the process of building two right now. Amazing. That's so good. And how long will this take? Um, so, so far it's been about 10 months in the making. Okay. Um, will be completed around six months from now. Oh, Amazing. Wow. That's, and are you expecting after these two have been, have been made others calling up being like, I want one apart from John, <laughs> other people wanting the same. I mean, John being a given, yes, I would. Yeah, I would, <laughs> yeah. It seems like I such an obvious and natural transition for you guys anyway to go and, you know, do yeah. this project yes yeah I, I i think that it's going to do really really well for mm. us i think, I think so. defender has been and will continue to be a huge success for yeah. our business um you know range rover is its its own icon as i see it and i think that if we can achieve everything that Arconics um implemented in defender to make it the best um and apply that to range rover then it's it's going to be a winning recipe so cool mm. range rover classic yeah mm. yes 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 and hopefully um, we can have a little look yes yes yeah <laughs> yep. i, I must make it clear that. you have promised that i can go and see the range Rover Classic. <laughs> we haven't seen it yet but um no that that is exciting and the other thing that i got really excited about which i, I guess there'll probably be more than one uh listeners going is it the uh, the four-door or the coupe version Coop. Yay! <laughs> so even the even cooler one. So yeah, that is exciting. Now, one other question, because I know that we are going to have to let you go because uh, you've got work to do. Um, we're getting Craig in to talk to us as well. Uh, but again, it refers to the future, and that is with regards to what's happening in the automotive space, of course, worldwide. Now, here in the UK, um, we are rapidly now moving towards uh, two... Um, dates two deadlines first is 2030 which will be the time where we can no longer sell uh, or buy a exclusively internal combustion powered engine car from a um, dealership and then 2035 uh, comes the time where there'll be no internal combustion at all so from 2030 everything will need to be at least hybrid from 2035 it's going to be electric only or non-internal combustion engines 
Do you guys fall into that category or have you got some sort of brilliant get-out clause because you're doing restored classics? <laughs> can, can I say no comment at this point? Oh, <laughs> I like. <laughs> I guess so. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. But, uh, um, so is that an issue? Is that is that is that proving to be a potential uh, hurdle? So, so I, do, I don't foresee that being an issue. Um, yeah. We're dealing with classic cars, yeah. So provided they're twenty five years or older, mm-hmm. um, we don't need to meet modern day safety or emission standards in our countries that we're operating in. Perfect. That being said, um, obviously EV is a big part of a lot of manufacturers' mm. future, yeah, um, and it may or may not be part of ours. Oh, <gasps> he said that with a yeah. smile that said nothing it's at all. Definitely smirking. Beyond. Definitely. Yeah, that is interesting. And of course, I, you know, I think all of us in this mm. room here are kind of secretly hoping that this wonderful industry of synthetic fuels is about to absolutely explode and mm. we can all suddenly realise, hey, we can drive all the cars we've all loved yeah. driving with fuel made from corn or whatever it is they use, yeah. which is very exciting. So so you are, you've got that chapter in mind and yeah, it sounds like there's a there's a solution to it but more on that later perhaps more on it later absolutely more on that later. yeah they're powered by flux capacitors i heard it here first oh um, brilliant perfect. does it all indeed uh, well tom thank you so yeah, much firstly for for joining us here for the podcast but also for allowing us to have mm. pretty much free reign of your facility here it is absolutely brilliant. amazing yeah. to, to see it and and i mm. think you know without a doubt know anyone sitting here with a two-year order book it's obviously doing something right and the future beyond those two years for many years to come especially once those classics start rolling out i think is gonna (laughs) absolutely uh, explode things moving forward so um yeah we wish you all the very best and i hope that this is the beginning of uh of a good relationship where we can check in from time to time come and see you know the new things that are rolling out of the production line and out of the factory and have a bit of a drive and a play as well (laughs) If that's all right with you. Yeah. yeah. It's like, all right, John. I wonder what you're waiting for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So excited. Yeah. No, it's been great. So yeah, Tom, yeah, thank you very much. We'll let you uh, we'll let you get back to work and um call in our next victim. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for taking the time to come and visit with us. No, absolute pleasure. Well, we're going to cut to a quick advert break now and then when we come back, we're going to be talking to Craig Venn, who is the production manager. So I can throw even more technical questions at him. They will love that. (laughs) (laughs) The Driven Chat Podcast in association with Paramex Digital. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Welcome back. So we're still here at Arconic. We're still sat in a room. I should have described the room actually mm. before we started because we do have, I'm guessing this is a room where customers or potential customers are brought in to kind of help spec their cars. We've got uh, samples of leather hanging up behind you there, Rachel, plus some colour samples on different shaped um, shapes, I guess. It's to show off yeah. different uh, paint options and, well, and colours. Thank you, thank you, thank you. But we're now joined, as we mentioned before our little break, uh, by Craig Venn, who is, of course, the production manager. You, Craig, are involved in the actual build process of these cars. Welcome yes. to the podcast. Yes, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Good beer. So, before we started recording this little part, I said, you know, is there anything in particular you're you know, particularly well-versed in talking about? And you just said Land Rovers. Yes. Which I think is... <laughs> Is, is fitting for both yes. the, this podcast and Reassuring your well. job. Yeah, totally. And <laughs> um, how did you? Uh, how how did Land Rovers become such a hot topic for you? Um, so I've pretty much been playing with Land Rovers my whole entire life. Oh, ever wow. since I was a very small child, um, Land Rovers have always been in my family. Um, so yeah, basically not touched any other vehicle other than a, a Land Rover Defender. Wow. Pretty much in, since the age of about three. Um, I joined Arconic when I was 19. Oh, wow. Um, so I've been here 14 years working wow. with them now. Um, so, yeah. So I think it's, it's fair to say if somebody came to you with a Defender of any iteration <laughs> and it was making a weird knock or a weird creak or something strange, the strange sound was coming from the engine, you'd probably be able to listen to it and go, yes, it's that. Yeah, 90, yeah, 99% yeah. of the time, I'd be disappointed in myself if I, could, if I couldn't pinpoint where it was coming from. God, if I'd known that in advance, I would have brought some pre-recordings. <laughs> pre-recorded <laughs> yeah. Send in your Defender issues now. We could have got a list them. together. Um, what is it about a Land Rover, then, that you love so much? Um, it's just the for me, they're um, a glorified tractor. I love just how basic they are and yeah. how kind of interchangeable they are between the years yeah. um so as they developed the defender a lot a lot of the stuff was um move onable between the years mm. um so a lot of the 20 year old stuff is still fit on a 10 year old kind of platform um big into the off-roading as well myself um so yeah land rover defender for me was kind of the ultimate toy to go out and get stuck in the mud and and play with so and it's what i was brought up with yeah. i always found myself camping when i was little stuck in the back of my dad's uh, Series 3, 109. Nice. That's amazing. So you've got that kind of, again, romantic attachment yeah. already. already. Yeah, already already, and then I started working with them. So yeah, it was yeah. it was a hobby and a love, and now I get to come and play with them every day. Amazing. That's brilliant. That's absolutely brilliant. <laughs> so Tom was telling us beforehand that the vast majority, or certainly a huge proportion of customers that are currently buying the Iconic Defenders are going over to the US, and for a lot of people in the US... A Defender is a fairly new thing. You know, it's not necessarily like you and I, all of us in this room, actually. We've all known about Defenders since we could identify cars and we were toddling around and pointing at things on the street. For a lot of Americans, they've never seen a Defender before until, no. you know, the past 10 years, really, when they've started to be able to get imported. What's it like for you? Because you, be, you must meet from time to time a, a customer that comes over from the US that's seeing their, their vision for the first time and you're kind of explaining to them what this thing is that they've just bought how is how does that feel um it feels very strange trying to explain to somebody that's been around in the uk for like you said since before some of ours time definitely mm, yeah, mine yeah. <laughs> um and then trying to explain it to somebody is um 
that it's not a new vehicle to them. Mm. I've spent some time in the US, um, met a couple of guys that had never, never even seen a Defender before. Wow. It, like picture, and that they seen one in person, and then just trying to trying to explain that it's an everyday, every other vehicle where yeah. I'm from. Yeah, it's um, a hard it's, sell. It's, yeah. Someone that's never even seen it. Ne- never seen it. Didn't know what the shape was. Thought yeah. it was a brand new off the showroom floor vehicle that uh, wow. the one that I was driving at the time. So, <laughs> yeah, it's it's actually quite difficult, or I find it quite difficult to explain something that I know so well to somebody. Cool. So doesn't yeah, doesn't yeah, yeah. doesn't understand them at all because they're so different from anything else that's on the road, yeah. especially in the US. Like you said, they'd be like us going over and them. seeing a Toyota Camry and going, "Oh my God, what's that? Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing with that? Is, is this a custom build? <laughs> so what have you done with it?" <laughs> yeah. And the other thing I wanted to ask as well is now you mentioned you obviously have a love for green laning and using these vehicles properly. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing again, you know, a lot of the people they're spending big money on these mm. Defenders. They're probably or possibly not inclined to want to take them down a muddy green lane and get them all dirty. How does it, does that sit right with you, or are you still do you still sit there and see the potential but enjoy them for what they are? Is yeah, I still is it doesn't bother me what people use them for. Yeah, um, a, a few of our customers do take them off road. Um, a couple of our, our guys have been across Iceland, yeah, um, and that sort of stuff. So it is nice to see them used for what. They were built for originally, yeah. but can fully understand why after an iconic build that you wouldn't even want to take it next no. to a, a, d- a drop of mud or take it down a green yeah. lane that's, that's going to get scratched. So, what? Um, and this might be asking you how long is a piece of string, but what is a typical day for you like here at Arconic? Um, lots of steps, lots of movement. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, so I um, spend a lot of my time answering questions, um, production programming. Um, so the times that vehicles come in and out of the business mm-hmm. and each department um, is all planned by myself. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of technical issues, um, a lot of answers which come up daily. Um, it's just, yeah, I'm kind of spread everywhere. Wow. Spread everywhere. Wherever I'm needed, I'll, I'll be, whether that's for 10 minutes or, or 10 hours, I'll, I'll sit there and get to the bottom of what's going on or, or help them in whatever and they need doing. How long does it take? So if I, if I were to walk here right now and say, I want a Defender, I want... How, how long would all that take from the moment I've said what I've wanted to, it, you know, it being designed and created and made? Um... A long time. <laughs> I know we've got we've got a big um, like Ford order book. Yeah. So to start with, you you join the the end of the Ford order book. Um, now whether that's a year or a year and yeah. a half, and then it would come into production. Um, it's usually between three to four months in production. Wow. So from start to finish, from kind of stripped down of the donor vehicle, yeah. all the way through the business to kind of finished, and then we do our testing procedure, um, and then that's a lot of that is dependent on spec. Okay. So if it's, it's quite a big spec vehicle, it can take a little bit longer. If it's a, a lighter spec vehicle, it'd, it'd be a bit quicker coming through the business. Mm. And is there a, a particular part of the process that you really enjoy getting hands-on and stuck in with and vice versa? Is there certain jobs that you'd just rather or, or be pleased to know that there's a team that do that <laughs> and look after that and don't want to go anywhere near it? Um, so probably the most enjoyable bit is for me is seeing them finished mm-hmm. and all signed off 
Yeah. So just sat there after having the team of people that I'm in control of kind of build them, put together, quality test them, and then just have them sat there, finished, ready, knowing that the customer is going to be the next person to kind of receive it. Yeah. Um, not some liked part would probably be the body shop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's very dusty. Yeah. Um, it's a very particular skill. Mm. Um, I'm happy that I just have to manage that group of people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a common thing. We've, we've uh, spoken to a few people from different organisations and some uh, companies that do you know, refurbed cars or they rebuild classic cars and it's it's either something that people are either really proud to be part of or you mentioned the word paint and body shop they go no we don't do that don't yeah. touch paint and body Keep shop that shut. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. Yeah, I'm it, all right. it is a uh, it is a realm unto its own isn't it with regards to mess and yes. prep and, and everything else incredibly dusty <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 i wouldn't like it either at all how has your how has the company developed since you started when you were 19 years old um, so when I started, we were a team of three people. Oh, wow. Um, three or four. Um, we done kind of basic service and repair work on UK Defenders, which is kind of how it all got, got started originally. Um, and then over the years, we've kind of moved into the, the US side of it. The team's grown dramatically yeah. <laughs> over, over that. Um, I can imagine, yeah, the, yeah. yeah the, seeing that transformation of people coming in and different skill sets and, and yeah. Quite amazing to be at the start of something like that and to see it grow. Did you ever think at that point, you know, as a, as a young 19-year-old, you know, I think back to the age I was when I was 19 and I couldn't probably couldn't give any no. forward vision beyond what might be happening next week or what yeah. I'm doing that Friday night. <laughs> Did you have any vision at that point that you might be in this for the long term and that this could potentially grow into the business it's become? Um, no, not not back then when I started. Yeah. I was only supposed to be helping out for two weeks. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah I was on a two, I was on a two week help out, and uh, fourteen years later, oh, still wow, still here with, with a big group of people. So no, I in no, in all honesty, I didn't expect it to kind of take off like it has wow. and, and still be such a kind of big and integral part to, to what's going on here. Yeah, so. That is absolutely amazing that you are only here for two weeks. Yeah, come to help out for two weeks. Oh. <laughs> Give us a hand. Yeah. <laughs> it's the longest, yeah. uh, the longest work Long- experience. It's the longest two weeks yeah. I've ever had, yeah. And yeah. um, how many people are here now? So you started in three or four. How many would you say? Ooh, somewhere between... 60, maybe 70-ish wow, people. That is I mean, I'm in control of the production growth. floor, which is yeah. between 35, 40, 40 yeah. people. And then we got office staff and, and customer customer people on top of that. What would you say is the most challenging aspect of your job? Because you're looking after a lot of people. I don't think I could do that. <laughs> it's um, keeping the morale high mm. throughout, the, throughout the business is... is Maybe not the most difficult, but maybe the most important, yes. mm. which is it's kind of always at the front of your mind. So you're constantly thinking, kind of, how can we keep these guys happy and, and motivated? Yeah. And we like to see smiles on people's faces when they come to work and make yeah. sure they're leaving with a, a smile on their face as well. So yeah. that's, that's the most important yeah. bit for me. I wouldn't like to say that there's anything that's challenging, challenging yeah. as such, other than 
the entire day. <laughs> <laughs> the past couple of years must have been interesting, though, because obviously we, we've experienced in the automotive industry, even from, you know, from small companies to the huge global car manufacturers that are churning out you know, hundreds and hundreds of cars every day, there have been big challenges, things like chip shortages, there have been rubber shortages, there have been production line slowdowns for all sorts of various reasons. You know, uh, the Volkswagen Group suffering massively because of wiring looms being manufactured in Ukraine, that slowed down. Have you, as well come up with similar issues and, and had shortages that have slowed things down? Or have you managed to get away with things? Um, we've had shortages that slowed stuff down. We're, we're quite well prepped in um, problem areas mm -hmm. with uh, supply chain. Mm -hmm. um, so we'd, we've got alternative kind of items and suppliers that we can use. Um, we, are, we did notice that stuff coming from like abroad, which yeah. has got to be imported, was yeah. a, is, is, is still our biggest challenge, getting them there kind of on, on time yeah. when we need them in the right condition. Yeah. So. so it's still, you're not quite out of it yet. It's still not proving to be an issue. It's still proving to be an issue. Uh, with, with Land Rovers as well, they, they keep making the parts that we require obsolete. Uh, so as, as, uh, as, the years, as the years of Land Rovers go on, mm. or as they went on, the, the earlier parts were made not available anymore. Okay. Um, so there are some parts that we're often to look at third-party companies to mm. reproduce or actually manufacture for us just to keep that supply going in, in yeah, what we do. Wow. I never would have thought that, that obviously products and pieces from 25 years ago, for instance, yeah. won't be made some no, pieces won't be made anymore. They, they stopped making them for a lot of the early Land Rovers, a lot of the early V8s, and that they've they've stopped making a, a fair amount of the parts now, wow. um, and we've used up everybody's kind of old stock. Mm. So yeah, we're having to look at manufacturing or, or reproduction of them. Wow. wow. Now one of the things that I got particularly excited about when I first started learning about the iconic Defenders is that there is an option to put an LS3 V8 in, which is music to my ears. I am a big fan of ridiculously. Over, uh, oversized engines in cars that shouldn't potentially have them. Um, where do you stand on that, though? Because I get the impression, as a, a Land Rover fanatic through and through, I'm going to guess that you're probably a bit more linked to the heritage side. So putting in a, a big, what, is, what I'd describe as a Corvette engine, inside a Land Rover, does that sit easy with you? Are you, are you OK with it? it or? I, was, I didn't know how to feel about it, it when we'd done the very <laughs> first one. Um, more for, that, like you said, the, the kind of... Being with Land Rovers, knowing I'm a big diesel fan as well. Right. So I drive a 200 TDI 90 myself. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, so I'm a big diesel fan, but I absolutely love the LS. Yeah. The LS package in the in the Defender, it puts a smile on my face every time I drive it. <laughs> Going back to what you said, it it makes Summit go as fast, Summit go fast that you're just sat in it and you're like, I really shouldn't. Yeah. Because I really yeah. shouldn't be doing this in this type of vehicle. Yeah. In yeah. this type of vehicle. Yeah. Aerodynamics of a brick and yeah. uh, it still yeah. pushes, it, pushes it through the... Uh, Nobody the in Solihull, when they were penning the shape of this car, <laughs> could have thought that it was doing 0 to 60 in the times that they're now doing. This just should not be happening. No. And yet it is. Are there any particular builds that jump out or stand out to you that you're particularly proud of? Or, um, and again, you know, any that you, uh, you remember being a bit of a nightmare um no so i think you joe the the i think the vehicle that yeah, you're out in big um, car, yeah. was our first kind of right hand drive ls3 build uh -huh. um okay. so that was kind of maybe the the proudest moment for me was mm. kind of getting that one after not doing any uh right hand drive vehicles for 
right. quite a fair amount of time doing a lot of US stuff. Yeah. Actually getting to, to build one new with the LS package, right-hand drive that was going to stay around. Mm-hmm. Um, it was going to stay on site. We were going to be able to see it and drive it and use it. Yeah. Um, challenging. No, they all kind of throw up their own challenges in, <laughs> in, 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 in each their individual ways. Um, I wouldn't say there's anything that kind of sticks out as mm. overly I've heard um, challenging to get stuck on. I've heard some stories about uh, some of the US customers wanting to spec in like hidden weapon compartments and things so they had quick access to pistols and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, the first, first order book with that coming through on the notes, that must have been a bit of a discussion point in the workshop. Yeah, it's a bit, because <laughs> again, obviously that's, it's not, None of that sort of not available to us, like the kind of yeah. weapon no, stuff exactly. out, yeah. over here. So, yeah, it's it's a big talking point when you kind of get gun cabinets or yeah. Yeah. hidden kind of handgun holders next to <laughs> cubby boxes and that sort of stuff. Yeah. You kind of instantly, in the UK, they instantly think, you instantly think bad. Yeah, yeah that's any, right. Anything yeah. to do with guns yeah. is instantly yeah. kind of, it's, yeah. it's a yeah. bad. And then kind of bringing everybody back down to ground that these guys in some states, you can just climb it's around just on you. It's just yeah. normal. Yeah. Everybody's got them. Yeah. It's definitely a talking point. Yeah, gun yeah I'm not surprised. <laughs> yeah. Why is it more popular, do you think, in America? Or What's that? As, with the defenders. Why do you think, or use, was it 90% cars are sold out in Of the, the iconic builds, yeah. Yeah, why do you think that is? Um, I just think they're, like, they're rarity. Yeah. And it's, it's not something that kind of everybody could go and buy. Um, everybody could afford to buy in some yeah, in some true. circumstances, and mm. you don't see them every day over there mm. on the road. So every time you kind of see one, it's, it's unique. It's a yeah. it's a unique it's a unique yeah. thing. Mm. Very similar to how it would be like if you've seen an old Mustang driving around yeah, in, that's in so the true. UK. Yeah. Kind of, it's a bit oh, don't, yeah. yeah. don't see them every day. It's a, a nice yeah. little car. Now Tom has also um, let us know that. There is something else very exciting for me, particularly exciting, that's coming soon. Here we go. <laughs> Rachel knows where I'm going with this. Uh, so I am a, a bit of an obsessive when it comes to Range Rover Classics. And I'm very excited and delighted to learn that Arconic is now turning its tools to um, the addition of Range Rover Classics to uh, to the production line. How are you feeling about that? Are you excited for it? Is it? Are you as well-versed with Range Rover Classics as you are with the Defenders? Um, in not as well as I am with the defenders, um, a lot they share a lot of the same platform. Uh-huh. Um, so kind of running gear, chassis, that sort of mm. stuff is is very very similar to a defender. So that to me, it's I'm excited. It's a different. It's different. Um, we've not done. We do stuff different every day, but we've not sure. done a different yeah. vehicle in in a long time. So yeah, I'm excited to see how they turn out. I think it's going to be quite yeah. popular. Mm. Popular option when I they uh, yeah. when they're finished and kind of put up for put up for display. Yeah, they're be so popular. <laughs> I mean, you know that, John, already. I know. I, yeah. I, I, I don't know how I'm going to afford it, but I'm going to somehow get one. Uh, it's going to be are. great. So I'm going to spec it in brown. It's going to be fantastic. Yeah, no, it's all it is all very exciting. And if it wasn't Defenders, if it wasn't Land Rover products, what do you think might be the alternative for you? If if in a parallel universe there's uh, there's a Craig somewhere else on a different planet also <laughs> working on cars in some variety, if you didn't have that kind of early exposure to Land Rovers, is there anything else that really kind of gets you going? Um, uh, it sounds a bit boring, but I love driving. Mm-hmm. 
No, so I, d- I think that my me. my only kind of yeah maybe if I wouldn't have been involved in mechanics and Land Rovers from yeah. an early age then I'd, I probably would have got myself into driving yeah. some of the involved driving across the country the world yeah. Europe mm. yeah yeah I just love being out and on the road yeah <laughs> now you're in good company there I mean and, and as with our many thousands of listeners there'll be many mm. people listening to this game yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> get that completely yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, it's exciting it's exciting so yeah so you've got quite a lot to look forward to with regards mm. to what's coming next with this new chapter of Range Rover Classics, as well as all the Defenders that are coming out. Is there anything else that you're hoping might be sort of thrown into the mix as a, even if it's, say, 10 years down the line from now, any other cars? And actually, well, yeah, no, in fact, answer that one first, and then I've got a follow-up question regarding the Defender after that. Um, hopefully not. Okay, Only from a, a, a busy, we've, we've got so much doing in the in the defenders and sure. with what i can see coming with the popularity of the range rovers mm. um it's going to be another huge kind of production kind of mm. setup maybe to get the to get the range rovers out of the way so mm. No, it's no. probably the answer. <laughs> so, Tom will be listening. No more, yeah. Tom. Yeah, not, please not, stop. Goodness, no more growth. Not yet, Tom. And one of the questions I want to end with is, and I'm sure I'm not going to be the first person to ask you this, but what are your thoughts and feelings on the new iteration of Defender from Jaguar Land Rover? Are you a fan? Can you appreciate it? Or would you rather not have anything to do with it? I'm not a fan of how they look. Okay. Not a fan of how they look. Mm-hmm. I think they should have read renamed them maybe yeah, yeah. to me it's not what Defender yeah. was when they originally brought out um, in all honesty I've not been around one close and personal sure um, they do try and wave to me when, uh. when I'm driving <laughs> mine <laughs> um, so yeah I d- it's, a, it's again it's a popular vehicle it's carrying the name of Defender so yeah. people, yeah. people get them out there but not my cup of tea from, yeah. from what I've seen of them yeah. I absolutely love how much you love the job you do, the world you're in. And it's, I, I love it. The fact that you love Land Rovers as much as you do and you know, we'll go on and love Range Rover Classic when it's all out there and John's biting at your ankles to get one. <laughs> um, but I, it's a genuine passion for you, isn't it? It's a genuine... It is, yeah. Yeah, yeah anything with the green oval. You cut me in half, I say Land Rover down the middle. <laughs> yeah, bleak green. Oh, that's the next yeah. thing we were going to no, do. Yeah. <laughs> and do you think that's the same for the vast majority of people that are in the workshops as well? Everyone's here because they love what they're working on. They they love to come to work. They love the people that they work with mm. and, and what they do. Yeah. Um, somebody once told me that you'd never work a day in your life if you enjoy what you do. That's very true. And this is, it is very, very true. Yeah. And this throughout the, the whole business, everybody yeah. kind of stays with that, so. Fantastic. Lovely. Well, on that note, we should probably let you get back to work, Craig, because we've kept you in here for about <laughs> half an hour now talking about Land Rovers, which I could obviously do for many hours to come. But um, yeah, thank you so much for giving us a bit of your insight as well. It's been great. We've had a great day of exploring and looking at the, the cars going through in various states of, of prep and build and, and finish, which is all really exciting. And uh, yeah, we wish you all the very best with whatever comes next with regards to this, this new chapter of Range Rovers and, of course, this ridiculous current two-year waiting list of, yeah. of, of builds for you to get through. It sounds like you've got quite a lot to get on with. Mm. Looking forward to every single bit of that. Really. <laughs> Good stuff. Thank Thanks very much. Thank you. And there we have it. That brings us to the end of our iconic Driven Chat special. Do you know what? I've loved 
the genuine love and passion people have for yeah. working here. Del, you, you're doing a great job keeping keeping <laughs> the ship afloat and happy. I'm, I'm not sure that I could I could <laughs> claim that I'm keeping this ship afloat. <laughs> I think it does very very well without me. Um, but I would agree with you. Mm. People here have the passion for the brand that they're building, um, and I'm very excited to be a little a little cog. Teeny tiny cog. A tiny, well, not that teeny, a little <laughs> tiny cog in a very big engine. And yeah, yeah, I love it here. Um, yeah. And everybody seems to love it here. So, And that's the best vibe of all. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I agree. Definitely. Can so, I say one thing before I leave? Please. Yeah. Range Rover Classic. Ha ha ha. <laughs> hey, have we mentioned the Range Rover Classic? I don't know. <laughs> no, no, first time I've heard. <laughs> so the true Do reality you... of this, dear listener, at the point of us recording this little outro, is we've been around the factory. We've seen a, a collection of Defenders from 90s to 110s, 130s. Uh, we've been in the engine rooms. We've seen everything. We've now recorded this podcast. We've talked about the classic to both Tom and to Craig, and we've been joking about it all day, but mm-hmm. we still at this point haven't actually seen it. Seen it. <laughs> well, the good news is that we can see it. The better news is that the contracts are now dra- drawn up and ready ah. for yours. <laughs> oh, right, right. Good. Excellent. Good. Yes, get him. He doesn't. John doesn't need to pay any kind of deposit, just... Full out cash right now. Yeah. Job done. Ah, I'm just going to text my friends at JBR Capital Finance and just see if they can sort me out with it. Well, that's very exciting. Um, So, yes, whilst we, uh, whilst I clamber to find some funds, um, can we uh, we escape and go and have a look at some Range Rover Classics now as well? Absolutely, definitely. So, yeah, that just leaves us to say thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. Uh, Go and have a look at our website where you will see a collection of photographs that were taken today by uh, our lovely Rich, who's been wandering around taking photos with us. Um, Of course, check out our social feeds at Driven Chat as well, where you'll see more in the form of photos, some little videos and bits and pieces that we've captured from the day today as well and of course don't forget to also go and check out our conic mm-hmm. on social media um, if you can't find them by searching for them have a look on our profile you'll see uh, the pictures and videos and stuff that we've got from today and you'll be able to go through to their profiles to have a look um, and yeah maybe it might turn on a little light bulb and think oh I quite fancy one of those so um, yeah you know go get yourself a swampy green oh, swampy Range Rover Classic green. we're going to have to talk to you about what swampy you call your green. swampy green swampy green there we are. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for joining us again for this lovely episode. Um, as I occasionally like to uh, not remind, well, no, remind, gently push, if uh, you are so inclined uh, to thank us for this output that we put together um remember we don't ask anything of you any financial we don't do patreon or anything like that um we simply ask if you're feeling particularly generous and you have the ability to leave us a review uh, please do because it helps us massively in this bizarre big algorithm that we still after two and a bit years haven't really understood uh, but we understand that if you write nice things about us and give us five stars and subscribe um then suddenly we start doing better things in the charts and that for some reason matters <laughs> so uh, yeah if you uh, if you're feeling like you want to help us out with that and that would be very kind Uh, and again don't forget you can find us on uh, socials give us a follow there Uh, you can find us on YouTube as well where we have our own YouTube channel at Driven Chat if you search for us on YouTube um, give us a subscribe you'll see uh, lots of me driving around in lovely press cars and um, just generally larking about with cars and all of us having a bit of a good time which is nice which is wonderful and it's all free this is free we give this away for free Rachel I mean yeah, it's just madness. It is absolute madness. Don't tell anyone. No. Oh, it's a bit late. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, thank you, Rachel. Um, thank you, especially Del. Yeah, thank you, Del. Oh, thank you, everything. guys. It's been great to be here. Mm. Um, I'm going to just <laughs> run away and dribble over some Range Rover Classics oh, now. Yes, you are. Dribble all over the range. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for listening to this week's Driven Chat Podcast. Goodbye. The Driven Chat Podcast in association with Paramex Digital. You dream it, we bring it to life. Find out more at drivenchat.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Oh, wow. You've made it to the end. The very end. And it's John Markar here again, reminding you that this podcast, the Driven Chat podcast, has now run its course and has come to an end. To find the new format, search the Driven podcast in your preferred podcast app or head on over to the website driven.site to find some quick and easy links through to the new episodes in the new formats on your preferred apps. Thanks. Bye.